Hello, good morning, Ms. Family. So very nice to be with you on this beautiful Monday. Thank you so very much for tuning in once again to another conversation with me and uh, Nicole Lund, as well as some very, very special friends. Uh, Falcon, of course, of the Tedeschi Trucks Band and Whose Hat Is This, uh, as well as Brandon Townsend, who played with Nicole on this new record that she has coming out very soon. Uh, This is a very exciting thing. We talked all about it. We talked about recording in Asheville. We talked about Echo Mountain Studios. We talked about what the album is about and how much fun they had making it. We talked about a whole bunch of wonderful things and this conversation, I must tell you, is so very much fun. This is the most fun I have had making an episode of this program in the entire time that I've been doing it. This is this is a conversation that I only could have ever dreamt of, uh, the amount of laughter and the amount of smiling and the amount of joy that we put into this is something that I think you all will feel and I hope you partake in. Uh, before we dive in, though, I want to say that the Patreon, you can still subscribe to it. There is more stuff coming. Uh, Patreon.com slash RNR Diary, the link to that, as well as everything else or most of the things that were discussed uh, on the show today will be in the notes of this episode. So make sure to check those out once you get done listening to this fabulous conversation with some really, really wonderful people. As I said, Nicole Lund has a record coming out soon. The date on that is to be determined. So please make sure to follow her at lund.music on on Instagram. Excuse me. That is L-U-N-D dot music on Instagram. That as well will be in the show notes. So please follow her for all of the latest happenings. Uh, this, as I said a number of times already, this was a true joy and a pleasure. And I I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Nicole Lund and friends. I'm recording now. Thank you all so much for being here. We've got Nicole Lund. We have Falcon joining us. We have Brandon Townsend joining us. Uh, It feels like from all corners of the world. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, So I was reading up on some of what of how this project came together. And it appears that it took you a long time to get into the studio to do this. Can you talk about the inception of this project, where it began and and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, And Falcon (laughs) interject if I'm getting this wrong, but um, it was actually um, my friend, uh, our friend, Dave Yoke, that mentioned that Falcon was gonna uh, start producing some unknown artist and I was like well hello um that's me and um I asked Dave to yeah to see if Falcon may be interested and then um that's kind of how it began Mm. so that was that's literally that's how it started that was it there was no real action taken after that or was there just this one conversation because I I read somewhere that it took you like eight years to get into the studio to do this yes me personally (laughs) Yeah, Nicole, I think she's I think she's asking. She wants to know what really went down a Why long time ago. Mm-hmm. Hannah's trying to get to the dirt. How did this <laughs> shit really happen? Why did it take me so long? Uh, I, well, let's see, I was in New York and um, uh, had some of my own material and uh, got together with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Paul Olson, who's a guitar player. Cause I, when I write music, uh, I don't write with an instrument. Um, I just um, do have lyrics and vocals 
um, and the melody. And then I get together with a guitar player to kind of bring the songs to life. Um, and Paul is an amazing songwriter um, and who's in Scrapomatic and happened to be living in New York as well. And um, so we were able to record four of these tunes um, and then uh, never shared them because um, I was hoping to continue it and make it a full length. Um, before that, I actually did record a full length album that uh, <laughs> I also did not share. And uh, it just wasn't uh, quite ready. And um, I just wasn't happy with it and didn't want to put it out in the world. And um, yeah, so then um, I left New York and um, went to Asheville and uh, found Brandon. Um, it was like a, I swear it was like a, a blind date meetup. Um, <laughs> Um, I was work, uh, catering this wedding and uh, was trying to find my um, music group here because I just didn't know anybody. And um, this DJ was like, oh, we'll sing something for me. And we were like breaking down this wedding. I was like, are you kidding? Like sing on the spot. And I'm like, Jesus. And so I did because I'm like, I need to meet people. And he was like, oh, I'm going to connect you with this uh, booking agent, Ben. And uh who um, connected me with Brandon and we just spoke on the phone and um, had lots of sim uh, similar musical interest. And uh, then Brandon was like, yeah, I just went over to his house and met his family and we just started playing and um, did the cover band thing. So that's a big spiel. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's great stuff. And can you talk about that experience of, of bringing these, this particular collections of collection of songs together. Um, I've been listening to the record a lot since you sent it over and I think it's so, so good. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear it. So can you talk a little bit about the writing process for this particular project between you guys and, and how you came to, you know, how are the, why are these songs the ones that you wanted on this one and, and that kind of part of this? Yeah, um, so I think, <clears throat> I tried to finish all the lyrics on my own, which is part of my struggle, just finishing a song and being done with it. So just the rewriting and um, realizing I really needed uh, collaborations with people. So um, so basically we had these tunes, Brandon and I, we had um, four, you know, I had the four songs coming in to Asheville or whatever that were like done. And then I was just writing and um, then we, I had like four or five more tunes that I brought to Brandon that we brought to life. And uh, yeah, and then they got to a point where we're like, okay, you know, <laughs> I think that they're at a place uh, that we could record. And I mean, that's really what my goal has been to record um, and, and a full album. And so then we shared these tunes with uh, Falcon in their lovely state of not really being a professional demo in any way. And I was like, um, you know, hoping that he saw potential in these tunes. And um, I just and saw dollar signs, baby. <laughs> I just saw tons of cash. That's all I saw. I didn't even hear him. Really? Yeah, he never listened to the songs before we went into I, the recording studio. <laughs> just, um, that's my else? that's kind of my secret. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He made us believe that he had <laughs> these plans for it. But uh, but basically, um, I think our process was pretty unique because a lot of these, well, Falcon um, really flipped these tunes on their head. And that is uh, what I keep on saying. But, but really, you know, we 
brought him these tunes. Um, he had ideas of where he wanted them to go or, or what they could become. And, um, and Brandon and I kind of were just, uh, you know, how do we prepare for this recording session? Um, you know, you can only prepare so much, right? And um, being open to changes uh, in the studio and on the fly. And I was open to all of that. Um, and uh, yeah, and, they, and it changed the tunes and made me sing in a way that I've never sung before. And um, so, so Falcon really, really helped us find our sound. Can I, can I stop you right there? And Brandon, I didn't mean to interrupt. You sound like you wanted to say something. No, go ahead. Uh, I do. I did want to say, for the record, that's Nicole's side of the story. <laughs> now, there's a whole other side of it. I, I would like to say that I really didn't do anything except. Liar. No, listen, I'm serious, people, and people that know me know this to be true. I basically drank a shit ton of Budweiser and came up with half-cocked ideas early in the morning when there's like a half hour sobriety. Brandon and Nicole did this record themselves. I was like, hey, how about maybe you guys do something kind of like the kinks here? And they're like, okay, and they just did it. I'm telling you, producers don't do anything. They either, either they do everything and you're, you know, you got, you know, the 2019 Elton John record or they do nothing and you get an amazing piece of art like what Nicole and Brandon put together. I'm serious. These guys should be very proud of what they've accomplished. I didn't do anything. Ask Jim Georgeson. I'll give you his number. I was sober and I remember everything that happened, but um, it was just a very collaborative uh, moment. And we always say that, you know, what happened in the studio really was magical. I mean, um, the space, you know, Echo Mountain, we were in this church. Um, I'll remember Dave literally thought that someone was blowing on the back of his neck in this one song and <laughs> uh, which was really cool. And we felt like there was a, a higher power there and you know, whether or not people believe in that or not, it, it came to get, you know, I don't have that much experience in the studio Falcon has. And, you know, he was able to say that, you know this is a unique special moment that we have here. Yeah. And I just want to interject quickly. Uh, you mentioned Echo Mountain. Um, I think in thinking about, you know, how a record comes together, this is a question for the group, you know, how did you, you touched on it a little bit there, Nicole, about how certain spaces have energy sort of in the walls somewhere, you know, that, that sort of seep into, into the songs. Can you talk about a little bit more in detail, I guess, about why that space is so, so special and how, I guess, making a record in a space like that in a period of time where, you know, none, none of this is ideal for anybody, you know, the, the pandemic and, and not being able to be together. Um, I guess if, I'm wondering if you could just break that down a little bit more. Yeah, Falcon, I don't know if you know any like specifics about the, the space and, uh, you know, why it is such a great place to record sound wise. Um, no, uh, uh, I don't. All, I know they have the, you know, I know some specifics about some of the gear they have and the, the, the room itself, the way, you know, the, with the really high vaulted ceilings and the fact that, you know, it was it was once a church. So, the, you know, there's a lot of things in the walls. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of elements of of prayer and, and positive things and positive 
you know, expression, you know, there's, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. It's a cool room. Take a loan out, go record there, there, there you go. Echo mountain. I did my deal. Okay. Go record there. Um, yeah. Or uh, it, it's a special place. Special. It's a special place. And, and they, they, they um, it's just an amazing sounding room. And they, the, you know, even from the tracking room to playback, like you go and you, and you, it, it, it's a very honest sounding room as well. Um, so whatever you're, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of bells and whistles. I mean, you can't, there can be, but we tried to make a, a, a really honest sounding record. Like what, what happened there is what you're hearing, you know? Um, Brandon, help me out here. I, I got asked a straight question. It's hard to answer straight for me. I, well, I think uh, the Echo Mountain, there's cer certainly a certain level of ambiance that just exists in that Mm, good word. <laughs> Thanks, man. But I think there's probably, in terms of acoustic, I think people from all over the world would go there to record, like Mumford and Sons. I think they chose that place. But bands like that that are acoustic driven, I think there is something technically sound, you know, that Jim would be able to answer, obviously. But in terms of just that room, and I'm not somebody that likes to speak in hyperboles. But um, uh, but there is something. It was something special about it for sure. You just go in and you just feel it. I don't know. If it's a big uh, painting of Jesus on the wall or whatever that was, but it was definitely something very, very vibey about that room for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I just knew the history. Uh, the living in Asheville, Brandon and I both uh, live in Asheville. It's just the, their reputation. Like I've I've known uh, bigger names to record there, and and it was more of a dream that I would get to record there. I didn't actually think that I could, and um, I mentioned while well, I was yelling, uh, but they had literally a COVID special, and I was like, oh shit, maybe I can actually afford it. Um, and um, we originally thought we were going to be recording at Falcon Spot in Atlanta, and then um, it kind of changed, which, you know, we're really happy that it did, um, you know, keeping it local. And, and then the, the overdubs were done at another studio, um, at Sedgwick Studios, um, uh, outside of Asheville here, too. Yeah, another vibey place, too. It's got a lot of vibes. Yeah. Different kind of vibes. Very much in the country, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's something I, I think is really interesting, too, because, you know, Asheville is a place, in my view, that's sort of like off the beaten path, like music wise, you know, like, I, I feel like it's, it's uh, one of those hidden gem kind of music cities. Um, can you talk about that and, and the the spirit in that city? It, it's always, you know, I know a couple of people who live there who say it's sort of this weird, like hippie island in a not so hippie kind of place. Um, can you talk about that a little bit and maybe how that sort of influenced the spirit in which the record was made? Wait, Hannah, you don't live in New in Asheville? I live in Massachusetts. Aye. Mm. Not for long. <laughs> no. <laughs> not for long. Nope. Get down uh -oh. to, go ahead, Nicole, you live no. there. I lived what? Oh, in yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah. So let's see. I have been traveling to Asheville since I was in college. Um, I went to Appalachian, which is in Boone, not that far. And 
Asheville is where we went to see live music. Um, the Orange Peel was, you know, I feel like it was probably around the time that it opened that we um, started to go there. And then um, Derek Chuck's band used to play it. Um, um, oh my God, I was about to say, um, what was, oh shit, uh, Stella Blue, which is no longer Stella Blue. It's um, Asheville Music Hall. And um, so, yeah, I I mean, we used to just drive down and, and, and check out. It was the closest music scene that we had. Um, but I mean, I describe Asheville's music scene as being small, but mighty. I mean, we have really big acts that come through town, um, you know, to go to the Orange Peel or the Gray Eagle. And we're just really lucky in that way that, um, people see it as a, as a destination um, that they want to stop um, stop through because um, huge music bands here and uh, we know good music. Um, but I don't know that um, it really had an influence on me specifically recording here other than wanting to record, you know, where I live. Um, but I, you know, my hopes were that uh, coming from New York, um, you know, needle in a haystack that uh, if that possibly it would be um, easier for me to to find my space in the music scene um, as small as Asheville. So, yeah, absolutely. And I could say the same thing about Boston, too. Like Boston is another one of those places where I think it's a little bit harder for people to break out than they think it is, you know, because it's, you know, I work on the media side and it's, you know, it's a major market media city and that means that there's a lot of corporate involvement with you know radio stations and all that kind of stuff and and it's it's very very hard for independent musicians to to really you know thrive in this place um which is unfortunate i think because yeah places like Asheville and atlanta and you know places like that where you have these really sort of self-sufficient music communities and that's something that i admire and uh am envious of <laughs> in many ways yeah, Asheville seems like they very much kind of take care of their own little community. Like it's it's very much a nurtured music community that just even the the city at large put a lot of emphasis on the arts, uh, whether it be music or film or, uh, you know, painting and, and visual arts, which is it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Right, Nicole, Brandon? I mean, it's a yeah. they really go the extra mile, I think. Atlanta, eh, Atlanta's kind of garbage, but... Asheville's really a, a next level music town. I think it's kind of like the, it's kind of like, you know, there's all these little gems around along the, in the South, you know, New Orleans, Asheville, Atlanta was once a gem. I don't know anymore. Um, uh, there's a lot of amazing musicians here and players, but as far as a community, Asheville is definitely a real music community i think and you feel that and that's why echo mountain is so is such a echo mountain is really important for that whole community um i think so i mean i think it 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 demands respect they have serious gear serious records have been recorded there and um so the guys that behind the scenes at echo and and keeping that going are um were very instrumental in making the music scene as titanic as it is um titanic yeah. i could have chose a better word <laughs> yeah and i will say i mean we were obviously covid was not always on our side we um thankfully echo was open and you know they had their uh, requirements and you know we had to mask up and all that um but just 
Um, <laughs> do me that shit. We just we just did it when Jess came around. Then she left. We're like, oh, <laughs> and then we partied. Let's just let's tell them the truth. We didn't know. No one cared about any of that. Well, we got. I'm joking. I'm joking. We did. I was. I'm joking. I mean, we got really lucky. I mean, we had to reschedule once because of um, Falcon's schedule um, with, you know, that other band that he's in. Yeah, and working with global superstars really (laughs) fills your schedule up. But no, we. It was. I'm glad it happened this way because we were supposed to go to Atlanta and do the record, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same record. And Nicole mentioned wanting to do that do a record at echo and I, I was i was blown away i was like uh really okay are you sure you know i mean Echo's a serious commitment and um sh- you know god bless you love you 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 went you went in deep and i i think we have a great record i think you have a way better record uh than we could have ever gotten from from my um fucking shit studio in atlanta but and also we had a great engineer named jim georgeson i'm sure anyone any anyone who's anyone in Asheville knows jim georgeson let's let's be clear um so it was an amazing experience there um can we can we cheers to yeah to, sure to that Clink. Well, yes bling bling for sure cheers what are you drinking brandon it's um actually upstairs what the f- I, yeah, go, man. Hurry. We're going to pause. Sorry, America. <laughs> I do want to ask you, though, briefly about the COVID recording process, because, you know, as I've mentioned, none of this is ideal. And in a different world, all of us would probably be, you know, on the road somewhere doing something. Um, so just talk about walk us through a little bit about what it was like to make a record in the middle of a global pandemic. It's just annoying, mm-hmm. really. More than anything, it was just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Because you're so used to just, especially when you're when you're working in a studio, you're just used to going and running in here and, you know, like, oh, you know, you run into the room, try this part, you know, or that that is if, if it's a producer that cares. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so it's just, you're just having to, it just makes things a little slower. And um, you're, you know, musicians are, they're, they're not very, you know, they're pretty self-centered. So then all of a sudden we have to start thinking about others. And it was a whole, it was a whole thing. And it was yeah, weird. let's be clear. I planned everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is like what I do in my yeah. other life. But I mean, you know, there was a lot to be orchestrated. Um, and, uh, you know, these guys... Uh, all had to, you know, be safe and so that we could be together. I mean, the last thing we wanted was for someone to get COVID and it to get canceled and rescheduled. And we were so lucky that with all of the times that we had to get together that um, that we were safe during it and um, and that we were all fine. Um, but we, we shared a, a band house for the recording at Echo. And, um, and it was like, the, I think it was the first time that any of us had actually come together in any group setting you know um and so we had fun and i made sure there was fun (laughs) and uh yeah it was it was a great time we were so felt so lucky you know that we could uh do this in such a strange time yeah for sure and talk about some of the people that that you brought on to to play on this record because you have really as you mentioned yourself sort of this dream team of players can you talk about some of those folks 
Yeah, so that was definitely all Falcon making that happen. Um, you know, I don't know if he wants to talk more about it. Um, I was basically like, <clears throat> you know, this these are key players. I'd really, you know, I want to work around their schedule, um, uh, you know, so that they'll, they'll be there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Falcon just uh, <laughs> is a conductor and he's uh, people show up for him and, and do him favors. And I don't I know like why. <laughs> uh no i mean the, the i i was yeah there nicole's music is very there's a lot of different ways you can go with her material so i mean the, the way i was looking at it, as any people that are extremely versatile malleable they can kind of go anywhere and do anything um because there was no telling where these tunes were you know from the demos that i heard it was like okay we this shit can go there, there's several different ways each of these tunes can go and depending on what we end up doing with them and um you know how we just needed a rhythm section and a band that could just they weren't afraid to just try something and say fuck it it's not working at all let's try something new and 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 own each style that we were going for and so nicole entrusted me with that and i think we got in a, a dynamite band together um and uh you know all led by with brandon being nicole's main guitar player and he helped her come up with a lot of this stuff and then kind of retooling some of these tunes brandon was amazing at how really i would just say give him this fucking harebrained idea and he would come up with this just instantly i mean we were i couldn't believe how effortless it was this was a, a really fun project for me personally, because um, everyone was so willing to just try anything. And it was all for the, it was all for, like, it was all, we were there for Nicole. There was no ego. The only guy with an ego was me. And <laughs> Nicole, everyone was no, there. No. It was totally true. I was like, and um, and everyone was there for Nicole and trying to do the best for her. And, and you know, and, and a couple things went down that I, are always good, good luck charms for me on a record we got we definitely we got a we got a true honest to god one take first take track which is which is always a always a a good sign and and um you know but uh it, it was an amazing experience and brandon townsend was amazing I, i'm going to talk about him like he's not he, i don't even see him on the screen right now are you there are you there Brandon? yeah Bra <laughs> but he he was he really he was very instrumental i could not have done this record without brandon without you brandon i'm gonna and uh i didn't need to be there but <laughs> no i mean i we, we you know, you probably it probably would have gone faster if you hadn't been there. But that's that's a whole nother thing. Uh, no, but it was a joy to work with all these this band that we assembled. Uh, Brandon Boone on bass, Isaac Eady on drums, Dave Yoke on guitar, Brandon Townsend on guitar. And they, the way they played together was effortless. It was just uh, they were immediately just dialed in together. And then we had some guests that uh, um, some amazing guests, um, Gabe Dixon uh on keys and vocals um and mike madison and mark rivers um and uh a guy named tyler neal another guy named rob jordan on some helping out with vocals but um 
Yeah, that's about. Uh, it was. It's a. It's a fucking damn fine record, and I'm very proud of it. it really is. It's really, really good. Yeah. And I, I, I Nicole uh, was kind enough to email me a, a copy, uh, and I, I texted her immediately. I was like, "You guys made a fucking unbelievable thing." I think we did. I think it's. I. I. I thank you for saying that. Um, and I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably the best thing I've ever been a fucking part of. There you, there, there you have it. <laughs> I do. That's a, I think that's a beautiful thing. That's absolutely wonderful. And I want to talk um, a little bit about some of the specifics of the material on this record, if that's all right. Um, because I there's so much that I felt personally on this album, uh, lyrically and so forth. I, I'm curious to know, just because I, I love that you did this. You covered a police song on this album. Um, I <laughs> the police is one of the first bands that I remember hearing. My mom was a huge fan of Sting. Um, I just love that you did that, and I think that Nicole, your voice just suits that song so very well. And um, I'm just curious why you chose to to cover that particular song. I feel like Falcon is going to say, "I told you so." <laughs> um, so I'm going to let him roll with that because. He definitely gave us um, an opportunity. We, we wanted to do one cover tune um, and, you know, all had our chance to give suggestions, which were all knocked down, shot down. <laughs> um, but I really, um, yeah, Falcon, I mean, this was legit. We were in the studio, I think, is when he told me he was like not, he was specifically not telling me. Um, no, it was the night before. The night before. And I'm like, oh, great. This song I've never heard um, that I love, you know, I was in the groove on it, but I'm like, so I'm supposed to be, and he, the way that Sting, um, it's a little bit challenging rhythmically, vocally. And so I was like, kind of like, um, like how Nina would sing without like a, a time, you know? And so I was like, shit, you know, this is gonna be more difficult. And then to not sound reggae, <laughs> which is something I definitely didn't want to do. But but anyways, I'll let Falcon talk about um, kind of how he chose that for us. So, and you know what, I guess now's the time to apologize for springing that on you guys last minute. But I wanted it to be, I didn't want anyone to have get a chance to think about it too much. I just wanted to, you guys to just fucking do it. And, I, and um, you know, we and I think we did it. And we, we made it kind of our own thing. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm a huge police fan as well. I, I've all, and I love putting, I love doing covers on records, you know, like one or two. And I don't, I don't know, I, that song, I, I think that's one of their, kind of i always loved that song it never it's not like a huge hit for them but it was always just kind of a cool b-side yeah and and uh, um so i just thought it might be fun nicole for you to do it and and, and approach it more in the style like okay like in an appalachian style like we kind of have this groove on her but we put a dobro instead of like a hard like skank you know rhythm guitar you know, Andy Summers kind of guitar thing, Brandon put this Dobro thing on it. And we tried to kind of make it our own, but I, I, you know, I, I say, I think you did a great job with how you phrased it, how you kind of made it kind of gentle and just kind of a story instead of trying to go, you know, 12 hours on it. 
tantric style like you really i didn't have that many takes i was like are we sure we got it <laughs> yeah that's right i didn't know the less takes the better sting sting only needs one take <laughs> that guy fucking guy uh but i love the police as well i'm a huge fan of sting even all the his solo work and you know and a huge fan of Stuart copeland's obviously and andy summer all those guys and but I thought it was—I thought it would have been was going to be a nice uh, addition to the record and something to just kind of just throw a curveball in in what we had in the, the group of tunes we had. Just like, wait, what? I didn't see that coming. So yeah, and that's how it felt too to me hearing it because you know, like, I, and it fits lyrically too. I think it fits too with some of the themes that you're exploring lyrically as well. And um, I, I just thought it was such a perfect sort of addition to all of the things that, that you were talking about. Um, you know, this record feels really, really personal to you lyrically. And I'm curious, um, before I, ha I have a couple of questions about like specific tunes on here, but I'm just curious about, you know, you wrote these songs over a long period of time. Um, you were in New York, you'd been living there, you know, working on a different, in a different side of, of the industry as well as a musician. Um, I'm curious to know some of the things that you were thinking about as you were writing the words. Um, and just if you could give us sort of like some insight on the themes that we're gonna be hearing. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh man. Don't um, hold back, don't hold back. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll go back to something that Brandon said to me, um, which I didn't realize is that um, it's, it's, uh, I am not always vulnerable, you know, and so, you know, it's hard to, to show that side of yourself and um, in front of other people, you know, with them watching. And um, so it's something I really took to heart is something that I needed to do. Um, and I was really worried that Falcon was, there's going to be like a lot of yelling during the session. Like you're not coming out of your shell or, um, or something. And, and there wasn't. And, and I was uh, so glad that it was just, we were all comfortable in our spaces and I was kind of in my own room and could just like go inside and, you know, um, yeah, just let it all out. But, um, a lot of uh, lost love, I guess, you know, is, is what the, a lot of the tunes are about, um, specifically one person in New York um, that really I was just pissed and um, that he didn't want me. And uh, so a lot came out of that. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that, um, honestly. Um, so in um, uh, a couple of the other tunes were... Um, uh, from my family, um, some stories from um, a, a close family member that just went through, a, has had a shitty life. And, um, and then one of them is, um, yeah, about suicide, a family member. Um, so just, um, you know, I don't know, trying to bring light to, to very dark moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And I think you managed to do that in a way that was compassionate and empathetic. And as somebody personally who struggled with, with mental health um, and depression and anxiety and these things over the majority of my life, I certainly felt that very, very personally, but you handled it in a way that wasn't, it wasn't like preachy in any particular way, at least not to my ears. You know, it felt like you, it, the love that is there's, 
how do I want to phrase it? There is love in your voice, right? Like it comes out in your voice and, and there's something very compassionate, empathetic that sort of feels like, like your friend telling you it's going to be okay. And that's something really beautiful and very rare. Um, and I'm curious, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do that, right? And that takes a lot of, you know, bravery and stuff. So I want to commend you on, on that because those are very, very personal things. And, and I'm sure it was um, sort of a challenging experience, no, to, to go in and, and force yourself to be as open about those things as you were. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of rewrites. Um, and which is why it takes me so long. Cause I, um, finding the right words for some of those things is like, it, at some point you just have to realize that, you know, I can't finish this alone. And, um, you know, um, so I, Falcon definitely helped on, um, a few, uh, some rewrites in the studio. Like we legit like changed some lyrics and, um, he really helped, um, you know, uh, on something's got to give the last tune really gave that a whole new, uh, life and, um, an ending, which was really cool. Um, so it was very, uh, collaborative, um, in the end. Um, so, um, but yeah. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And, and I hope that the folks, when, when, people do have the ability to hear it, that they hear all of those things. And that ultimately this is a record that, you know, is going to be there for you, for everyone listening. And, and that is such a gift. And I, I thank you all for it. Um, and I wanna talk about, you know, I wanna sort of go back to the sort of spirit of collaboration, you know, helping each other through things. Um, even in a time where we are so separated and so so distant. Can you talk about, I imagine that there was a lot of energy, a lot of high intensity energy, you know, being together and being able to collaborate in such a way. Um, did you relish that in any particular way? I guess I'm curious to know if you just, like how that sort of helped bring this project to life. Well, yeah, I think a lot of us hadn't like hugged people or <laughs> yeah. been in, yeah, just been around a lot of people. Um, so I'm sure that certainly um, helped, you know, that we could like all come together and, and, and work on this project together. But I don't know that I have any like specifics. Um, Falcon, is there anything that you can, or Brandon? Brandon? <laughs> um, without sounding, there was a lot of love in that this record was conceived with love. It really was. And and it's really kind of hard to uh, articulate, but to be in that environment, for me, I didn't know anybody other than Nicole going into it. I don't, I think we talked on the phone maybe just a couple of times and uh, and I leading up to it. So to me, I was like, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know these people at all. What if they're dickheads, you know? What if it's, you know, lots of ego and obviously some that were there were already successful in their career. And so it's kind of like, well, you don't know what you're going to get. But immediately it was it was very um, obvious from the get go that everybody was just so it was just so much love. And and that and Falcon definitely sort of created that he facilitated that energy he, and he did. So going into it. I felt like I knew everybody. I felt like I he he brought me in as if I was part of the group right off the rip, and 
he created that environment where ideas were accepted, where Nicole could be vulnerable, where, where there's, you know, um, every, it was just the idea of serving the song. It really was an amazing, amazing experience. And I think that maybe the coronavirus uh, experience at that point, because that was like in the thick of the pandemic, this is like July. So we were all like at that point, and maybe that has something to do with it. Um, it's hard to it's hard to really tell because it happened uh, so quickly. Like it just everything kind of it was just it really was it was really an amazing experience. And um, at that point, after we did the three days of recording the raw sort of raw tracks, the raw cuts, I already knew it was success. That at that point, I was like, this was already successful. No matter what happens from this point on, this was an amazing experience. And so yeah, it's been. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's my perspective on it. And yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's, um, th that is something that I think is, is so, so beautiful. Um, I do have some questions about Falcon, the producer. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, this may sound like a dumb question, but I, I am curious. Uh, this record has a very sort of natural kind of light, ethereal sort of quality to it when I hear it. Um, it feels very pure. It's very sort of like, it's a very easy sort of sounding album. Was that a conscious choice on your part? Was that the goal going into it? Or did, as you said, you know, a, a little bit earlier that this was just sort of a natural progression of what you were feeling at that time? <laughs> record. God damn you and your questions, Hannah. Real, real quick though. Before I answer this question, when was the last time we saw each other? Was it New York? No, it was Washington. It would have been today, a year ago. Holy shit. That's right. Okay. Michelle. You said you, and I remember our conversation that night. You said you never asked me a difficult question. And <laughs> you lied to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, this is what you do. You, you put a bunch of guys in the room together and you see what you get, you know? And clearly you're just like, look at this smoke show. Look at all these hot dudes. We got a good record here. It was clearly everyone, I mean, everyone that, that all these just specimens of just these hunks, we put all these hunks in the same room and they just turned up the heat. Turned the heat up, shirts were getting fucking popped. It was just, oh, it was like a, there was suntan oil all over amps. It was fucking gorgeous. Uh, the, uh, no, you just, you, I think, I kind of knew what, I, I had an idea of what the record would sound like just by the virtue of the band that I had assembled. So I, I, I yes, there was a, there was a definite, um, idea of what I wanted the band to sound like. I wanted, I wanted there to, I wanted it to be uh, confident, but not hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like this, you know, like with, with the, the rhythm section, I didn't want the rhythm section being this like dominant domineering rhythm sections where it's like these real, you know, the way the drum, the way the, the way the guys, even from the, the way the drummer tunes his drums or the way Brandon approaches the bass and the bass choices that he makes, like they're, they're confident, but they're, they're complimentary. Like I really wanted players that were going to support Nicole and they were there, they're, they're, 
they're fucking there and they're owning it and they're confident, but they're not, they're not, it's not star time. Right. Like, so I was, I was just, yes, I had an idea of what I wanted the record to sound like. And you know what? It exceeded my expectations. It sounds way better than I could have thought. And, and yes, I, de I definitely had an idea. I, I just wanted everyone to support Nicole. Mm. I, that's all I wanted. I didn't want any other bullshit. The only guy that ever got in the way of that, I'm sure we can all know, say who that, that me. I'm the only asshole that got in the way of that ever. And that's how it goes. But, that was a pretty selfless thing, though, you just said. I thought there was no ego in that. There wasn't? No. All right, let me get that ego back into the conversation. <laughs> uh, he really was. Um, I mean, we called him like the conductor, and he really just orchestrated it. I mean, um, sometimes even his arms followed him. Um, but uh, just. <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know. He's just super positive and, um, the meds, the, you should the, see me yeah. off the meds. It's a fuck. I'm a fucking wreck over here. I'm just, a, it's a fucking nightmare. My poor family. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I know we're trying to be serious. Go ahead. <laughs> just, like it was a super supportive atmosphere and, you know, of course, Brandon and I going in, you know, a lot of these people, didn't even know, you know, I sang, um, and, uh, you know, I've known uh, Dave for a really long time, but just having to feel, I, I, we just instantly felt comfortable. Like, you know, usually you, if you play an instrument or sing in front of someone for the first time, it can be a little scary, at least for me. Um, but I was like, I can't be thinking about how amazing these musicians are. You know, I have to just like worry about me and like, you know, do my part. And so I'm so thankful that, you know, these are just all really humble dudes. They're amazing musicians and, and humble. And, and um, so that's, a, we were, yeah. Nicole, okay. if I can, if I can, if I can keep that thread going a second, uh, Hannah, I, I've known, how long have we known each other? Like, I mean, we've never like partied all night together, but we, Nicole, you and I've known each other. Since you were Susan's band, I guess. Yeah. So about 15 years. Okay. I didn't know Nicole sang until eight months ago. Really? Because no, she's just that type. She's that fucking cool where she's not like, Hey, check out my band. Oh, like yeah. I'm a singer. Can I sit? Like, she's just not in, she's not that kind of one of those annoying self shameless self-promoting musicians. Right. Where, you know, she's like walking around with a fucking book bag. It's like when Nicole Lund band, check us out. You know, or it's not, I don't know. She's just yeah. everything I like about, you know musicians when they're just kind of they're private and and just you you can never you never know about them and and all of a sudden she opens her mouth and you're just like oh my god you're a fucking genius wow okay this is gonna be easy and i mean it it was blew me away I, and so dave hit me up dave yoke our mutual friend he's like hey man would you you know would you be into produce you know working with nicole lunn i was like yeah, on like a collage or something, you know, for like Vogue Vanity Fair or sure. I don't, I didn't know what she was. He's like, no, she was, she was, I mean, I'm serious, Nicole. I had no yeah. fucking idea. I mean, but why would it like, honestly, I don't really understand people that would, why would it come up, you know? Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. That, you know, it's like, yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't because you're cool. You know, it, it wouldn't because you're not like 
check me, you know, check me out, you know, or I don't know. It was just, I like the way that it happened. Like that's much more my style, like kind of behind, behind the, you know, just staying off the radar, just, just trying to show up and do express yourself and make art and do the best you can. And, and I, I like the way that it went down because it was a, it was a pleasant surprise and it was, and I, and now when you make a record with someone, when you create art with someone, you are forever linked. You are forever together. And, and it was nice to be forever with someone that you respect and like so much. But so that, which was, it was a real you treat. get rid of me now. I know, <laughs> fuck. But, uh, you know, I, and, and Brandon's the same, like we're forever linked. And it's a, you, I couldn't, I couldn't hope to be linked with these people in the metaphysical artistic realm. I couldn't hope to be linked with two better people. And it, it was just a pleasant surprise. And I appreciate Dave Yoke for hitting me up. And, and he knew I was tired of working with fucking superstars. He knew I was ready to get this scrappy again. He, I mean, he was like, God, how many more Drake records are you going to make? I was like, I don't know. He keeps calling. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful thing that is a beautiful thing and I, I i have to imagine that there was so much laughter and joy in during those sessions um giving all the laughing and the joy that we're experiencing in this particular moment um but i have some questions for you nicole uh just some things i'm curious about because i'm fascinated by folks who have dipped their toes into multiple areas of this business um i know you worked in the promotions and management side of stuff that you had an internship with the Derek Trucks band for a while. Um, I just graduated college, which is very exciting. Woo! Been going through the internship job search thing. And, and I'm curious to know um, what experience you gained and what sort of, what are some of the things you learned from working on that side of stuff and, and how that sort of carried over into your work as a, as a player or a singer, if at all? Yeah. Um, gosh, it has been a long, a long journey, but, um, you know, I, um, originally thought that I wanted to go to school for music therapy, um, and then switched gears, um, and wanted just to learn more about the business side. Um, because it was always my dream to be a, a, a singer. I didn't know if it would actually happen, but I wanted to at least learn the business side of it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like seeing the Derek Trucks band was really was huge in my, um, in my life. And just, um, I got being, um, on their street team, like I started, I was just a fan and I was like, damn, this is like, it was the first time I just heard real music and, and, and what, you know, music can make you feel um, when it's done right <laughs> or comes from a good place and, and take, you know, is like, takes you to a higher place. And, um, so I was like, I'm jumping on board with this, you know, at 17, I was like, that's it. And, um, so just really wanted to promote them because I was like, you know, why don't people know about them? And, you know, how can I help? Um, cause I feel like we all have that in us when we have like this musician that we love, we're like, oh shit, you know, we want to share it with everyone. So, um, yeah, I mean, it really just started um, with just um, the street team. And then um, I can't believe they accepted my offer to be uh, their intern. Um, but I moved, like I left school and moved to uh, Atlanta to work for uh, Blake Budney, who's still the, their manager. 
um, and just learned so much um, about the business from him and um, uh, did that for two years and um, started managing Yanrico Scott. And uh, they always say that drummers can't be managed. Is that true, Falcon? <laughs> Absolutely true. Yeah. So, um, and that was quite the experience. And, um, you know, he was such a big mentor to me. And, um, you know, I got to do this um, Scrapomatic and Yanrico Scott band little mini tour. And that was like the best thing ever and hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I just learned a bunch about the music uh, then and in Atlanta. And then I was like, I've got to move to New York. I'd always want to live there. And, um, why did I think I was going to be successful there? <laughs> I'm not really sure, but I wanted to give it a shot. And um, damn, I've had more jobs than anyone. Um, but uh, I mean, the hustle there is, is you know, no joke. I started off at a specialty guitar shop um, out in Long Island. So I was commuting almost an hour and a half from Brooklyn every day, making, sorry guys, pennies. Um, there, uh, but so really what I was trying to do in New York, I was trying to play music, but I realized that I had to have multiple jobs to support that. I had to pay these musicians. I wasn't lucky enough to find um, players that could play for no money. You know, it's like, well, I wanted good people and they're not free. And so it was really just about surviving. And, um, uh, and I was like, I'm playing these gigs and I'm not breaking even, I'm not paying myself. Um, but anyways, I don't even know that, well, actually what the question was to begin with. Um, <laughs> asking what you learned. I think, I, I guess something that, you know, cause a lot of majority of the audience are sort of younger folks, you know, sort of fresh out of college type folks. So I, I sometimes like to ask questions about, right. you know, for, for a lot of people who I know who listen, you know, I'm trying to build this thing from the ground up, you know, right. And, um, you have to be, I say this all the time, you know, you got to be sort of crazy if you want to work in the arts in any particular facet of it, you have to sort of be a crazy person because it doesn't yeah. pay you a lot of money. And <laughs> it's like, right. you know, there, you know, I went to school for writing and my parents looked at me sideways, kind of like, really, you want to, you want right. to make no money for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I want to make stuff. I want to make things. I want to, you know, have an impact on the world and the people that live in it. And um, I guess I'm curious. And just be creative. Yeah. I mean, with the way that you're going about getting in uh, the industry. Um, I mean, I legit was catering Sony Music one day and was like, I've been submitting my resume to them for months, years, like, you know, but really who's hiring at labels, right? Um, but so I was like, this is my chance. I'm taking my resume with me when I go cater and like jumped on the elevator and just like, um, I knew that um, I had one connection there um, that I, and happened to be in the elevator with them. Anyways, it didn't become anything, but it's just like, you, you just have to think outside of the box for, and it's just all about kind of connections and going to shows and meeting people and um, putting yourself out there. Be willing to work for free. That's really what it is. Like, and just, you know, finding people that maybe aren't, that are on their way up and like, how can I help you? You know, and because it's it's all, you have to care about the person you're working for. And, um, and so I, you know, I was, I, I would say just. There's a power of intention 
that is really undervalued that nobody ever talks about really your intention is powerful and when it becomes when, when you decide to pr like pursuing arts it's it's like a it's a thing where if it, it is it's it's not good career decision ever to be a musician like my kids were like dad i want to be a guitar player no like but it's it was never a choice for me yeah. it was like i had to do it i've tried other things i've you know, I did everything else. <laughs> I was like, I got to, it's like a curse. I got to get away, but you never feel like you're living unless you're doing it. You have to do it. And you just say, okay. And your intentions, I think when you're, your intentions will line you up with people like Nicole and Falcon. It, it, yeah. So, and I think that it's a scary uh, future in, in being somebody that wants to create for a living. Yeah. But, uh, I also worked at City Winery. Yes. <laughs> Um, Why so did you do like, that? Um, yeah, I, I well, I was selling tickets, and it was like I was had three part time jobs then. Um, so it, it, uh, it, and that's another thing, just like all the facets of the industry, right, or whatever industry that you're in, like trying all of them. Because I mean, I wish you know, I knew of like how to specific jobs, like how do I do? Um, I don't know catering backstage or something like that. I mean, it's just like, you don't find those jobs or, you know, an artist wrangler or whatever. It's like, you just have to know the people and those people stick with those jobs and, you know, they don't leave. They're like in it for life. Um, uh, maybe not the <laughs> catering one, but um, yeah, I mean, just all like, ven you know, doing the venues and just, I just tried all of, all of them, all the jobs and nothing panned out. Yeah. <laughs> But that's but, that one of the best, stuff. Yeah. Know. And one of the best teachers I ever had, the best advice she ever gave us was say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. Say yes to everything. I was just about to say that. <laughs> you can say it. I'll take it back. You can say it. Yeah. Can you edit that out? Yes. I'll say it. you can say that. Go ahead. Uh, no, that, that would be insincere. And I'm not about <laughs> being insincere. <laughs> No, I, and Brand, you know, I definitely want to second what Brandon said, like intention is everything. And that is the best advice a teacher could have ever given you in pursuing the, anything in a creative, in the creative road, say yes to everything, whether, even if it's not a, like Nicole, you worked a ton of different jobs yet. So what if it wasn't you? You singing at a jazz club Thursday. It could have been in the kitchen where you may have met the club owner and became friends with them who are, who's going to give you a gig five years from now. Mm -hmm. so, like just whatever, if it's something you truly want to do and you have to do, like Brandon said, like, I have no choice. Mm -hmm. This is me. I, this is what I am. To do anything else would be a lie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to pursue this at all costs. Do anything that will get you there. Who gives a shit if it's, if you're not, you know, I mean, not all of us can be fucking as lucky as I was at 18 selling out fucking Madison square, you know? And it's like, you got to just say yes to everything. I, I think you, that teacher, you should call him or her and. That's it. Tell them thank you. Cause that's some good advice. And I don't know your, you your crowd, the, the people that are listening. Um, if you disagree with that at all, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> that's, that's that. they'll appreciate that. <laughs> that's that's some honest shit from from Hannah Wolf here, ladies and gentlemen. 
And Say if you're yes. trying to get a job, do not tell them your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that. When I'm like trying to get this job at a jazz club, um, like I really needed a job, right? And I wasn't gonna tell them that I was a singer because they'd be like, "Oh, like she just wants to another one, right?" And but I, for some reason, just wanted to be really honest that day and didn't get the job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So good for you. That's where you get that response. Good for that's that's nice. Right. I've had that thrown in my face a whole bunch. Oh, but that's good. No, that's another that's another good element to always say yes. Always lie and always say yes. Right. Yeah. And you're <laughs> gonna be just fine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Be totally disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, lie to the authority, lie to authority figures, and always say yes to your artist buddies. You'll be just fine. I'm telling you. There you go. Um, so I have some sort of fun questions here before I let everybody go. These are, I feel like we're going to go round robin here. So these are for everybody. Um, no, these are the fun ones. Um, best concert you guys have seen as a fan in the last few years or so. Mm. (laughs) Not him. (laughs) Oh man. Hmm. Wait, this is hard. I gotta have it and seen a show in a long time uh brandon any shows you seen bud mute mute your mute me real quick okay because i don't want you um i'm just kidding uh it would have to be tedeschi trucks they uh they mm. just slip it every time and i always i always want to go there and go okay all right they're not that good you know what i mean we're, we're not, not. We, su- <laughs> we suck shit there's that moment oh, where- damn it they're just <laughs> they're that good. Um, so that's the that's the truth. Sorry, I saw Brandy Carlisle. She was amazing. The Ryman, but she wasn't. She didn't. I wasn't in her band, so it couldn't have been that good. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I I don't. Nicole, what's I, I I don't know the last show I've seen. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to think. Well, I mean, obviously. Oh, I, I know. Go ahead. He's he's ready. Um, obviously, I love the Tedeschi Trucks band, but um, I am not going to choose them because um, because well, because because uh. what the fuck just <laughs> happened to this interview? Well, because I'm trying to be outside of the box. Okay, I see other people. All right. Um, I I mean, seeing the Roger Waters the Wall was like pretty epic. Um, so. <laughs> And uh, I love Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Um, so I, I, yeah, see a ton of people, but those are probably some top ones that come to mind other than Tedeschi Truck Span at the Ryman, baby. That was the first, last big show I saw before COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Falcon, you're up. <laughs> uh, now this, I mean, it kind of doesn't count because I didn't, go to the venue to see this band but we were on tour together and um but i would watch them every night and i'm just an ab just a monster fan of this band called shovels and rope yeah and they just were the fucking coolest band ever and and it was just a husband and wife duo and they they switched instruments they all played and they sang amazing and I, i that was one of the definitely one of the coolest shows i've seen in some time i just i really like how they they were doing things and and 
the kind of stripped down stuff and they were just kind of fearless and scrappy and sang great. And they, everyone played drums and played guitar and, you know, I guess, I don't know. They, I really, I, that I really enjoyed getting to see them every night for a month. And uh, I, I'm a huge fan ever since. And my, you know, I, I knew people who were like, oh man, my brother and sister were already huge fans. I was like, no, I've just never seen them. And I, and I had heard some recordings, but it didn't do, it didn't hit me like their live show did, you know, which can happen a lot. Albums and live or can be a whole different thing, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shovels and rope for me. Yeah. Really enjoyable. yeah. They're really cool. She's awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. She's but, so good. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so one book you've read over the course of the pandemic is next question. <laughs> I thought you were going to say over a lifetime. I was like, okay, I know I've read one. We're not big re readers here. <laughs> no, I've read one, but I don't, I don't know how it's going to go over uh, with you. But go ahead, Brandon. Brandon, I, please. Um, well, I'm, I'm like, I start a lot of books. And then I go, oh, I get the gist. <laughs> and then I move on. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's, that's a very honest dude answer. Yeah. It really is. It is. But there is a book I'm reading that I'm not going to, I'm going to let Nicole. I was going to say, don't you take mine. I'm not going to take yours. That's why I'm just going to pass it right along. This is me. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, um, uh, yeah, I've been reading uh, quite a bit of racial justice books. Um, but uh, right now I am taking a, a creative writing course with an amazing singer songwriter, Bonnie Bishop, who's, who I love so much if you don't know her. Oh. Yeah. And um, so it's a course and our um, reading material is the artist way. And- um, Oh yeah. Yep. And I know everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I know about this book. And I'm like, how am I now just finding out about this? But it's, uh, and I told Brandon to get it too, but, um, but yeah, so that I'm digging deep into that one. It's a 12 week course and um, yeah, it's, you know, breaking your creative blocks and uh, finding your inner child again, yeah. <laughs> but it's oh. awesome. I recommend it to everyone um, that's an artist or wants to be an artist. Um, but it's just, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Falcon. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well uh i'm reading this book called the memoirs of billy shears does anyone know about this book i don't but i'm interested does anyone everyone know who billy shears is this no. podcast just got longer that's okay <laughs> billy shears aka william campbell aka vivian stanshaw is another alias it's it's this book it's this whole book on the Paul McCartney conspiracy oh, about him oh, dying and I you know, like and you know I I don't know I it's it's very entertaining even if it's even if it's not true which I definitely know it is true now um I'm totally sold even it, it's still highly entertaining and it's it, it's based on all this weird uh occult stuff and you know I'm reading this no, actually, I'm, I'm take that back. I'm not going to get into all that. I, I'm reading this book, the Ellen DeGeneres first, the first book she ever wrote. Got it. Um, something, you know, about her 
coming out or something. It's really cool. Okay, next question. <laughs> uh, what's your, and this is, again, this is around Robin, uh, most memorable moment on stage? Oh. I'm going with it hasn't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. I can't say that. I can't tell you that. But I mean, I can come up with something. I can't tell you that on this podcast, okay. but I, um, I can lie and <laughs> make something up. Well, there. All right, I'll try. Let me try and come up with a good lie. There's this one time where we all just looked at each other and we knew we were hitting the note and we were jamming so hard. <laughs> I don't know, Hannah. That's an impossible question. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it is, but it's like, I don't... What about a drum moment? Like a collaborative drum moment? Yeah. No, it's not. No, because you... you than that. No, I, I guarantee you, most people, if they care at all, usually walk off stage like, fuck, man, I suck shit. That sucks. What am I even doing up here? I'm going to go get a job at Walmart. Um, uh, drum moments. Uh, I've had some... Well, we did shave this guy once shaved his body with yeah i think there was, was this... a musical oh. yeah there was some performance art involved i think when we shaved some people yeah that was it for me like on stage haircuts are you is that what you're referring to well there weren't hair it was more body I'm manicure sure. stuff yeah <laughs> wow okay all right that's fair i'll take that yeah brandon I met my wife at a playing on stage, so I'm going to go the cheesy route. I'm going to go to the Titanic route. You brought it up earlier. <laughs> and, uh, and she was behind me with her friends in Charleston um, cracking jokes about me. So <laughs> that was, <laughs> I guess that's probably the most memorable that I can yeah. think of other than just the, the musical. Um, I mean, there, of course, there's nights where everything lines up most nights it's not but but yeah like nicole though they're they're the best i would say the best performance will be when this thing is over and we can actually perform yeah that will be the yeah. best yeah that will be the best you are such a fucking politician man you are so, <laughs> you are so good dude no I, no that was epic <laughs> that was really good i'm serious your wife's gonna love that no, I'm serious. Brandon's, Brandon's wife is fucking awesome, by the way. She 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 came and hang with hung with us. She came and hang with us at the studio, and uh, she was just as cool as Brandon and really supportive of Nicole. And um, so that's beautiful. She yeah. is awesome. She is. Kudos to Mrs. Townsend. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, so the next one is name three things you're grateful for. <laughs> I'm just like looking at Falcon's face. <laughs> <laughs> because no, what happens is I immediately think something like, I can't say that. I, that's not, now I have to come Filter. up with it. Yeah, it's something, it's illegal or it's something gross and probably. Yeah, this is going to be such, this is going to be a cliche, cliche responses, but. Okay. Um, thankful for definitely my family mm -hmm. um music and that i have a job 
itu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Snaps. Snaps on that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> snaps. Yeah. <laughs> Who would like to go first? Brandon. <laughs> I'm thankful that we're not in a bro country band. Okay. I get with, <laughs> <get> with that. <laughs> uh, truly. Um, man, there's, yeah, there's, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it's grateful for us. I mean, for meeting, I mean, for Nicole, very serendipitous from my perspective, meeting Nicole mm. is amazing. And I'm very grateful for that relationship, um, of course. And then subsequently meeting the Falcon and then meeting everybody, Dave, Brandon, Jim. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I'm grateful for all those things. Um, yeah, just grateful to be here, be alive and, and meeting you, Hannah, and all that. I mean, truly. Likewise. It's, yeah, it yeah. goes both ways, for sure. Goes both ways, most definitely, for all of you. Mm-hmm. I took the cheesy stuff out, so Falcon has to give you an honest answer now. <laughs> I don't know. You ever have you ever had anyone just reply like in a really southern accent, like go, "Man, no. I they I ain't thankful for shit." You ever had anyone <laughs> say that? No, not yet. Well, you just did, Hannah. I don't give a fuck about nothing. No, I don't know. I I'm of course very very thankful for many things, and I you know I can't put it into three. Because there's so much I'm thankful for. There you go. Definitely the 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 relationships in my life, and and certainly Nicole and Brandon, and being being around and alive and able to do create and for the art the arts and uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm just thankful that I'm thankful I'm not in jail. That's probably number two, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm thankful that anyone will even let me hang out with them or calls me anymore. So, uh, no, I, 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 and seriously, I'm, I'm very thankful for my friends and family and, and that we're all happy and healthy and not, we haven't fully lost our shit yet. And we're, everyone's trying real hard and, and there's, and, and, and I know there's people have been, there've been some dark, dark moments throughout this last year for people. And, um, and everyone's been there, artists and kind of civilians alike. But I think everyone's trying. I think this album is a, I, I, the music is uplifting. I think it's going to be, it's, hopefully it will help people. Like making it helped me uh, and helped Brandon and Nicole because it was certainly therapeutic, just creating. And I hope that translates to the people out there. Yeah. And uh, God, that felt so, that felt really good to be really sincere for that a second. Oh, beautiful. Isn't it uh, nice? Yeah, I, I think it is. I don't know. I don't know if I like it on me, but that's that's an honest answer. That's well, you tried, and I'm proud of you for trying. Thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and this is my last question. Uh, before I let you go, I ask everybody this question. Uh, why do you love to play music? For the chicks? <laughs> Well, that's God. for the babes. What are you crazy? And that goes for ladies too. You, know, you ask a lady, like, why do you like play for the dudes? <laughs> Is that a unanimous response? <laughs> that's all... yeah, yeah, it's better be. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Um, I, um, 
Why? Okay, what was the question again? Why do you love to play? <laughs> she, see, she was just thinking about some hot dude she saw on his show not too long ago. She's like, that um, dude. It, it makes me present and in the moment, like seeing music and um, it makes me the most happy and it takes me to a higher place. And um, yeah, it's all I know how to do. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Brandon, mm-hmm. go next. I'd say that music is a high level form of communication. And Such bullshit. It's- <laughs> the, the babes. It, Brandon, come on, man. When I listen to Coltrane, there's no women that like that shit anymore. <laughs> Alice liked it plenty. She, she did. She did. But anymore. Um, Hannah likes Coltrane. I do. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that women don't like it in general, but I certainly no. do it because I, women will like me. The babes I like to party with, they're not into jazz. I'm cool <laughs> they're not. I'm joking. I'm joking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to Ella Khan. Uh, you know, that's not going to get you much. Maybe. Mm-mm. No. no. <laughs> not at all. No one wants to hear that shit. You know, music is traveling without leaving. And that's cheesy, but it's true. You can listen to music and it takes you places. Yeah. It's freedom. It's, it's, yeah. That's what music is. It is freedom. That's, you know what? I'll be trying to be sincere again. That was a beautiful response. It is freedom. It is the ultimate freedom. Art in general, anything creative is freedom. And and it's, it. I mean, music is magic. You're conjuring something out of thin fucking air. And it's and it real. Is, it's it's real. real, it's tangible. It, 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 it moves, wow, yeah, freedom. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know. For the got, record, I get, I get credit for that. Couple babes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does help. That helps the process. Yeah. See this, see this, we, we see how we work together. It's so it works. It's symbiotic. Oh, right? Right here, Nicole, start writing. It is. <laughs> I know. Well that's, well, that's all I have for you guys today. <laughs> Thank you so much, all of you, for taking so much of your time and, and sharing so much with us and with me. It was lovely to, so to see all of you all to see all of you and, and to spend some time. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to see each other again in person soon. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. No, no. Thanks, America. <laughs> by the record. Yes. Yeah. And you, when? Did, you, by the way, when does? Uh, is there a timeline for when it comes out? That's a really good question. Well, we already released it, and we already sold fifty thousand units. We're trying to get it, so it, there's yeah. a big run on it. Uh, we'll, we're going to let you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're only do, we're doing a limited release. Uh, it's going to be really hard to get. There's a lot of scarcity. Prices fucking shot up. So good luck, people finding it. <laughs> but we haven't released the date yet, have we, Nicole? And, and and when we do, is there any way we can let you know, Hannah? And yeah, get- I'll give you um uh I'll give you guys my information after we stop recording and stuff, and uh, you guys can be in touch with me when when you need and and so forth. Great. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah.